describe the major functions of the federal income tax system. Certainly the goal of any tax system is to produce sufficient revenue for the administration of the government and its wide range of programs. But there are more functions that the Congress, with the consent of the governed, we the people, have decided. There is a very strong economic function under the tax system, particularly the income tax. We're trying to encourage economic growth through capital formation. We have capital being preferentially taxed through the capital gain system, or we allow for expensing or de uh, accelerated depreciation. We're also using the tax system to tame inflation and deflation in the system. If you think of the country as having an entire national income, taxes, it's particularly income taxes, if imposed, are taking purchasing power away from us. So that means that the risk of too many dollars chasing too few goods to produce inflation has been reduced. We also have a broad social function in the Internal Revenue Code that still remains controversial. Income in the United States is not distributed equally. And the Internal Revenue Code is a way of distributing national income from the highest incomes to those, that, to those whose incomes aren't as high. There's also a very strong regulatory function. We tax, quote, sin, close quote, in the sense we tax liquor or spirits. We also try to limit dangerous activities, imposing excise taxes on dangerous instrumentalities such as machine guns and pistols. And in enacting any law, there's a broad push and pull between equity and fairness. We all have social policies most people deem very worthy. Philanthropy through the charitable deduction, home ownership through the uh, home interest deduction, capital formation, as I mentioned, through capital gains. But equity concerns permeate the code. Have we, as a country, adequately considered the ability of the taxpayer to pay relative to others? If we have two taxpayers with the same income, let's say $100,000, the first taxpayer's income is entirely from wages, the other entirely from preferentially taxed dividends and capital gain, is there horizontal equity? Some would say not, because the second taxpayer who's relying on investment income will be paying much less in taxes than the person making income entirely through wages. There's also the equity concern regarding the entire political process that taxes are made. Many feel that our elected leaders are too responsive to the will of the people. Every provision in the code was enacted by a majority of the Congress and signed by the president. And while one person's tax preference is considered for the good of the people, another side might deem it a special interest. So are our leaders too responsive or are they not responsive enough? That's a question I hope you think about as you go through this course. 
but I can tell you the answer will never be clear. The Internal Revenue Code, well over a million wards, 22 feet of shelf space. How did we get into a mess like this? Well, look at the process by which tax laws are made. And I think you can see there are a number of points along the way for taxpayers to add provisions or to frustrate the enactment of provisions that would simplify administration. All revenue bills begin with the House Ways and Means Committee. Once the Ways and Means Committee approves a bill, it's then sent to the full House of Representatives for approval. On approval, the, the adopted bill then receives hearings from the Senate Finance Committee. The Senate Finance Committee almost always produces a bill that has different provisions from that approved by the full House of Representatives. The Senate then weighs in, make, often makes amendments from the floor itself, and then approves a bill. And then we get to the most important part in any tax writing process. The differences for the bills, between the bills, need to be resolved. And the leaders of each House of Congress appoint representatives from the House and the Senate to the Joint Conference Committee that actually resolves the differences between the bills. This is arguably the single most important part of the tax writing process. So this compromise bill is then ready for approval by each body of Congress, the House of Representatives, the United States Senate, and then once approved, the President receives the bill for signature or vetoes. If there's a veto, the process starts again with the House Ways and Means Committee enacting another bill.